Abrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship you, love you, and adore you. We thank you for everything that this uh, study has become, Father. We thank you for the revelation of your Ruach HaKodesh and the importance of your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, in our lives and in our hearts, and, and most importantly, in the direction that you have in store for us. Father, I pray that as we um, live in, in what I believe are the latter uh, day reigned period, the latter outpouring of your Ruach HaKodesh, Father, I pray that you will breathe new life in us, that you will invigorate us to walk faithfully uh, and to be wholly submitted to your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that as we move through this uh, last session, session 10 of a Ruach Encounter, that you will speak, that you will move, and that you will touch our hearts and our lives, and everything be done for the good and the glory of your name. B'Shem Yeshua Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a fantastic journey um, over the course of the last nine weeks doing the study of a Ruach Encounter. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, so I'll kind of go through a short synopsis of where we've been and um, a couple things that we've learned, that type of thing. <clears throat> we start off with Genesis and, you know, really discussed why we were created, um, talked about how the Ruach Akodesh has been there from the beginning um, of time and, and, and how from the beginning we were given dominion. We, we were given all of the equipment, all of the tools that we needed to be successful by God from creation. And then we had the fall of man. <clears throat> so we learned later on that Yeshua bought all of that back for us. We, we have uh, freedom in him. We have dominion. We have uh, the presence of the Lord. But... Around uh, week two, we talked about how Moses uh, was given the mantle of the Ruach and how that started with an individual experience with him at the burning bush. And then later, how when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, how the, uh, the, the Ruach HaKodesh was given to the entire congregation. So it wasn't just an, an individual experience. It was an experience for a nation, um, a, a nation that was being, being birthed. So from that standpoint, from Moses the individual to uh, the children of Israel, uh, the mantle of the Ruach continued to be passed down to Moses and the 70 elders. And from there, um, we started to see how Moses uh, had a, a, men, a mentee who was Joshua, and how Joshua took up the mantle and continued to carry the mantle from that standpoint. So then we went into um, uh, David and Saul and Samuel and how the, the mantle of the Ruach was continued to pass down. We saw a bad example of um, not being a good steward of the Ruach through Saul. We went from there to Elijah and Elisha. And um, one of the things that... It, that really caught my attention <clears throat> here is is you know kind of unfolds before all of us is that um, there was always someone to pass the ruach down to someone to always pass the mantle down to and how that always involved 
um, a relationship between two people that was a relationship of discipleship when you break that down. So we move from there into uh, Yeshua and seeing him um, receive the mantle of the Ruach at his, at his baptism and uh, immersion, those type things, and how he went through uh, Matthew chapter 4. We talked about his temptation in the wilderness, and that temptation uh, really was part of what helped us uh, understand that we have, again, uh, freedom and dominion and, and, and power. That, that was uh, Yeshua's example in that moment, in that time, that we also can do the same things. And so from there, uh, we talked about how Yeshua walked out the, and, and, and showed us, displayed before us, how we also are to um, carry the mantle and, and the things that um, it is involved in that. <clears throat> in the book of Acts, we see how uh, Yeshua had risen uh, from the dead, of course, before the book of Acts, but how now the, the disciples, um, Peter and, and, uh, and, and the rest of the disciples are, are preaching and, and thousands are coming to uh, Yeshua and to salvation or, or re- redemption, rather, um, during that time period. But it's all because the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh continued to be uh, passed down throughout uh, the ages and how discipleship and mentorship is important uh, in, in continuing to, to do those things. So uh, I'll start off tonight by uh, talking about s- submitting to the mantle of the Ruach. We'll start off in uh, Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> we'll just start with uh, verse 1. <clears throat> Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua. For the law of the Spirit in life in, of life in Messiah Yeshua has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what was impossible for the Torah, since it was weakened on account of the flesh, God has done. Sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as a sin offering, He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the Torah might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Ruach. So here we're seeing that uh, the writer of Romans is saying that if we walk in the Spirit, we talked about it a little bit two weeks ago as in in, uh, Galatians, uh, if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, uh, verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Ruach set their minds on the things of the Ruach. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Ruach is life and shalom. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not submit itself to the law of God, for it cannot. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So again, in correlation with uh, Galatians last week, we're seeing um, there's a very strong, not only argument, but proof 
that if we live our lives only in the flesh, then we can only do what the flesh does. We can follow the Torah. We can follow the law. We can do all these things. But if it's not in the spirit, man, if it's not in the spirit of the Ruach, then we will not succeed. Because the spirit is at war with the flesh, and the flesh is at war with the spirit. Who's going to win? We just read that if our mind is set towards the things of the spirit, of the Ruach, then we will walk according to the Ruach. But if we don't, then we will not. Verse 9, so however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Ruach. If indeed the Ruach Elohim dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Ruach of Messiah, he does not belong to him. Those are pretty strong words. But if Messiah is in you, through the body, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Ruach of the one who raised Yeshua from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Messiah Yeshua from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Ruach who dwells in you. How powerful is that? The same Spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead, the same Spirit that He, both God and man, leaned towards and leaned on and walked in, we also have that readily available to us every single day of our lives to walk in the Spirit. So we'll move to Romans chapter 12. Twelve verse one. I urge you, therefore, brethren or brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, your spiritual service. Sorry, I'm used to reading from other versions. <laughs> Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God. Stop right there. How do we discern what the will of God is? By our minds being renewed. How are our minds renewed? By reading the Word of God. If you want a new mindset, if you want to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh, if you're not reading the Word, it's not going to be made possible because the Word brings life, the Spirit brings life. Those two come together and give us a dunamis experience so that we can walk every single day overcoming our own flesh because we all know we're our own worst enemies right i know i'm my own worst enemy i don't have to worry about this guy or that guy i can defeat myself pretty easily if i allow myself to but if i walk in the spirit and i have the word of god and the mindset of god which is the kingdom of god then I will not be fulfilling my own personal agenda and my kingdom, what, my, what Lynn's kingdom wants to do. Because we know we all have our own kingdom set up within us. Do we want the kingdom of God? I'm preaching to myself now. Do I want the kingdom of God or do I want to walk in the flesh? 
You know, yeah, I have to choose every single day. It's a daily choice, a daily decision. We can't live off yesterday's bread. We can't do it. We think we can, and we think we got fed enough on Shabbat, or we think we got fed enough on uh, Tuesday nights, but all of a sudden, if we, you know, Thursday morning wake up and we haven't done anything with what we've been taught and we haven't been in the Word ourselves, we're already defeated. I know those are strong words, but it is what it is. So, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of yourselves more highly or more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but you sound judgment as God has assisted to each person a measure of faith. For just as we have many parts in one body, and all parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Messiah, and every one parts of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us. If prophecy in proportion of our faith, if service in our serving, or one who teaches in his teaching, or one who exhorts in his exhortation, or one who gives in generosity... The one who leads with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy, detesting what is evil, holding fast to what is good, be tenderly devoted to one another in brotherly love, outdo one another in giving honor, do not be lagging in zeal, be fervent in spirit, keep serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, enduring in distress, persisting in prayer, contributing to the needs of the Kiddushim, extending hospitality. And then uh, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Repay no one evil for evil. Give thought to what is good in the eyes of all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live in shalom with all people. Never take your own revenge, loved ones, but give room for God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says Adonai. Rather, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For by doing so, will heap coals of fire upon his head. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's going to hinge on do not be lagging in zeal, be fervent in the Spirit. If we don't live a life allowing the Ruach HaKodesh to lead us and guide us and direct us, then we will not follow the kingdom of God. I want to point out one more thing quickly. We, we had three different things that we talked about there. We talked about the body, we talked about the soul, and we talked about the spirit. We're spirit first. We're, we're, we're created, we're a trifold being created in the image of God. We're spirit first. When God breathed his life into us, we became a living being. We have a soul, we have, became a living soul, and we have a body. So, if we're going to walk by the Spirit, we can't allow our, our body to lead our soul. 
Our soul is made up of our mind, will, and emotions quickly. Our body wants to do everything feely good, right? And then our spirit man is going to be um, the, the, like the holy of holies, the deep, dark place that no man ever sees but God. And when the, when, when the Ruach HaKodesh comes into our life, he splits the veil of our lives. And all of a sudden, we don't have to to live according to the flesh or according to that sin nature. Otherwise, we're driven only by the sin nature, right? And that's what Yeshua did. He gave us back. He bought back that dominion and that freedom for us, right? So when he did that, we then can be led by spirit, by, by the Spirit of God, and our souls, our mind, will, and emotions will then follow after the Spirit, if we're led by the Spirit. But if we only live for pleasure and for hedonism and for all things body-oriented, then our soul, our mind, will, and emotions will only want to follow after those things. So life in walking in the Ruach HaKodesh leads our other parts, our spirit, our soul, and our body leads all those to walk in righteousness because of the empowering of the Ruach HaKodesh in our lives. You know, we're, we entitled this study, A Ruach Encounter, a study of the Ruach or the spirit from creation through today. And as we mapped out this study, we had the ultimate intention of it bringing us to this very evening, in which we look primarily at the Pauline epistles, and we're dealing specifically with application. How do we apply this study of a life in the Ruach, of a life in the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh, in the mantle of the Holy Spirit, in the 21st century world that we live in? I mean, the world around us seems to be completely contrary to everything we, we read about uh, in the Scriptures. It's, it's a different world than it used to be. It's a different world than it was when I was a kid. Um, and so as we look at the world around us, we have to cleave to a very specific reality. That the Word of God says that the darkness cannot overcome the light. That the light will drive out the darkness. You and I have been given the empowerment of the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh to be a light, to be the light of God in this world, to carry the light of God in this world. And as uh, Lynn was talking a moment ago and he was looking through these uh, passages in Romans 8 and Romans 12, and, and the image we see over and over and over again is, is to, 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 to love people, to impact their lives. And you know the passage out of Romans 12, I'm going to back up real quick. The passage out of Romans, back up to Acts, that's way too far. Uh, the passage out of Romans 12 uh, at the, the end of the chapter uh, was actually a quote from Proverbs, if I can get that page to cooperate. There we go. Romans 12, uh, it says, um, if your enemy is, verse 20, rather, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for by doing so, you will heap coals of fire upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not let the light within you be overcome by the darkness of this world, 
but instead let the light that is with you overcome the darkness with the good that the Ruach leads. And that passage actually comes from Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. Uh, for those that may want to make note of that, um, it's, it's important that we understand that's what we're here for. That's what we exist on the face of this world for, is to shine the light of God in this world. That is what this empowerment of the Ruach HaKodesh, the empowerment of the mantle of the Holy Spirit is about. If you'll join with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, as we said, we're trying to move through some of the epistles of Paul. We're not going to be able to cover every single verse of every single chapter of all of Paul's writings as he wrote a lot, um, but we're going to be pinpointing some very key parts that specifically deal with what we are, um, what we're aiming for right now. So uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed by idols that cannot speak, and you got led astray. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Ruach Elohim, nobody speaking by the Spirit of God says, Yeshua be cursed. In other words, the Spirit of God can never curse Yeshua because Yeshua is God. He, the Spirit of God cannot curse Yeshua. So if you're speaking to somebody and they say, you know, curse Yeshua, Think of any other expletives you can think of, Yeshua. That's not the Spirit of God speaking through them. Clearly something is off uh, because the Spirit of God will not say that. And no one can say Yeshua is Lord except by the Ruach HaKodesh, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are various kinds of gifts, but the same Ruach. In other words, there are numerous ways that the Ruach HaKodesh of the Holy Spirit may operate in our lives, may uh, uh, exemplify Himself within our lives, within our hearts, from the inside out. But there's only one Ruach. It doesn't matter how many different ways the Spirit interacts with us, there's one Spirit, right? And He goes on to say, there are various kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are various kinds of working, but the same God who works all things and all people. But to each person is given the manifestation of the Ruach for the benefit of all. Not for the benefit of that person. As Lynn was saying, it's not my kingdom, it's God's kingdom. It's not my kingdom, it's the kingdom of Messiah. The, the power of the Ruach, the manifestation of the presence, the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh that may dwell within my life is not for my good. It is for the good of God's people. It is a good for His kingdom. It is a good for all. For to one is given through the Ruach a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge according to the same Ruach, to another uh, faith by the same Ruach, to another gifts of healing by the one Ruach, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Ruach activates all these things distributing to each person individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Messiah. For in one Ruach, we were all immersed into one body, whether Jewish or Greek, slave, free, and all were made to drink of one Ruach. All were made to drink of one spirit. Again, that imagery that we get from Yeshua talking about the Ruach HaKodesh being the living waters. He says, if you'd asked me for a drink, I would have given you waters of life that will never run dry. Uh, <clears throat> little uh, uh, 
publicity. Our congregation's name is Maim Chaim, means living of water, so you know, you're in the right place. Um, verse 27, now you, the, you are the body of Messiah and members individually. God has put into his community first emissaries, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then healings, helps, uh, leadership, various kinds of tongues. All are not emissaries, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not work, work, all do not work in miracles, do they? All do not have the gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak in tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greatest gift, the greater gifts. So what we see here right out the gate, that whole theology that exists in certain branches of the body of Messiah that says, if you are saved and you are filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, gift of tongues is the absolute sign. If you do not speak in tongues, you're not really saved or you're not really full of, full of the Ruach HaKodesh. It's not biblical. It's just not. I don't care how we try to slice this up and, and make it. It's just not biblical. Paul is referencing Moses who says, I wish that all could do this, but they don't. And Paul is, is, is hinting back at that. He's alluding to that and he's dealing with it here. He said, look, not all are going to be able to speak in tongues. Not all are going to prophesy. Not all are going to, to have gifts of healing. Not all are going to be teachers. Not all are going to be discerners. He says, but to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit of God for his purposes. And we all work together for the kingdom of God. The problem is, is we want to pick and choose. We want what we think is best for us. Oh Lord, I want the gift of healing so I can go and heal people and I can do this wonderful work for... Are you really wanting to do a work for God though? I mean, if you're telling God what you want to do on his behalf, is that really following God's lead? Or is that telling God how you want him to lead you? Right? Humility. I think humility is a spiritual gift sometimes. Uh, but, but we have to have this idea. Now, I also want to touch on this before we go further. I do not believe that this list that we read about here in 1 Corinthians 12, I don't believe it's a concise list. Concise meaning, I don't think this is all the gifts. I think it's a hint at some of the things God can do. But I think there's even more than that. As a matter of fact, let's go back to Romans chapter 12 again. Um, as we... I've seen Lynn do it a couple of times, and I've been doing it, kind of jotting little notes down as we go. Uh, it's not that we're trying to double back over each other, but, but things start to come back together again. Um, as we look back at, at Romans chapter 12, um, what we notice is he says, um, let, love, let love be without hypocrisy, detesting, verse 9, detesting what is evil, holding fast to good. Be tenderly devoted to one another in brotherly love. Outdo one another in giving honor. Do not be lagging in zeal. Uh, be fervent in spirit, keep serving the Lord, rejoice in hope, enduring in distress, persisting in prayer, contributing to the needs of the Kedoshim, extending hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud, but associate with the lowly, do not be wise in your own eyes. Uh, and then we backtrack just a little bit, and just before this, we see in verse 6, we have gifts that differ according to the grace that was given to us. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service and our serving, or the one who teaches and his teaching, or the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who gives in generosity, the one who leads with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And then he goes on to explain how to live those out. That whole passage we just read there from verse 9 through verse 16 is how, how do we live those out. But if you notice, there are things mentioned in chapter 12 of Romans that Paul didn't mention in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, mm -hmm. right? It's interesting as we look at that because I, I don't believe that this is a concise list, but rather something to get our brain working. Because the reality is, is that the Spirit of God is moving in our lives and our hearts. God may lead us in several different directions. 
He may take us uh, in a position at one point where, and I truly believe this happens, where somebody for a, a specific purpose, for a specific time at a specific location may have the gift of, of interpretation of tongues. Somebody's going to speak something in tongues and the Lord will give them a message. And then somewhere down the road later on, they may all of a sudden be filled with the gift to be able to, uh, or manifested with the gift to be able to, to perform healing or, or to speak uh, words of knowledge or to, and, and it doesn't mean that that's a concise list or that every single person is going to get one or the other, but instead that it's our job, as we said at the very beginning, the, the point of this is to learn how to, uh, to uh, make an application in our lives of wholly submitting to the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh, the mantle of the Holy Spirit, right? We've got to be willing to follow however he takes us. And then he follows this up in, in uh, the end of chapter uh, 12 in 1 Corinthians, going into chapter 13, he says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts and still I show you a far better way. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, in other words, if I speak in tongues and I have no love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I've been in those environments. Mm -hmm. I've met those people that speak in tongues like it's their job. But they're as mean and they're as grisly and they're as angry as anybody I've ever seen in my life. If you have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if, have, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have no love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I own, and if I hand over my body so I might boast, but I have not love, I gain nothing. I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not brag. It is not puffed up. It does not have behave inappropriately. It does not seek its own way. It is not provoked. It keeps no account of wrong. It does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will pass away. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that in which is partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in mirror dimly, but, the fa but then face to face. For I, now in, I know in part... But then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. But now these three remain, faith, hope, love. And the greatest of these is love. So what's the ultimate gift of the Spirit? The ultimate gift of the Spirit is love. How do we know this? What was Yeshua's response when he was asked what the greatest command was? Love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is the greatest gift of the Spirit? Love. How do all of the other gifts of the Spirit operate? How should they manifest in our lives? Through love first. Love predicates it all. If we are not operating the gifts of the Spirit, if we're not operating the leading of the Spirit, if we're not operating the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh with love predicating all gifts, we're not operating in the Ruach. At least not in the Ruach of God. That's the Word of God. So it's important that we understand that there must be love, that there must be this predication uh, of the move of the Spirit with love, the love of God flowing from us. That's the greatest gift, and everything else flows from that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10. <clears throat> I think that'll preach. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 10. Now I, Paul, appeal myself to you by the meekness and gentleness of Messiah. 
I, I love Paul. Paul kind of reminds me of Moses. Moses says, uh, you know, wrote the Torah, and in the Torah he says Moses was the most humble man that ever lived, right? Uh, we, <laughs> we see John says, uh, the, the disciple the Lord loved most. Of course, he was speaking of himself. And here Paul talks about his meekness and gentleness. Uh, I, I who am humble when face to face with you. No. Uh, but behold, toward you when far away, I beg you that I am not, that when I am present, I won't need to, bold, to be bold with the courage I consider showing against some who judge us as we walk in the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful through God for the tearing down of strongholds. Powerful through God for what? Tearing down of strongholds. Again, we, we hover back around all over again to power, dominion, and authority over things of this world. Strongholds of the enemy are things of this world. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, O oh God. That is what we're aiming for, is God's will on earth, not the enemy's. We are tearing down false arguments and every high-minded thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive uh, to the obedience of Messiah, ready to put it, punish all disobedience whenever obedience is complete. Look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident in himself that he belongs to the Messiah, let him reconsider that just as the, he belongs to Messiah, so also do we. For even if I boast a little more about our authority, which the Lord gave for, the building, for building you up and not for tearing you down, I will not be put to shame. Not that I would try terif to terrify you with my letter, by my letters, for they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his presence in person is weak and his speech is of no account. Let such a person consider this, that, we, uh, that what we are in word through letters, when we are absent, we also are in action when we are present. For we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they have no understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits, but within the limits of the area that God has assigned to us to reach even as far as you. We are not extending ourselves too far as, we, as if we did not reach you, for we did come even as far as to you with the good news of Messiah. Neither are we boasting beyond limits based on the labors of others, but we have hope while our, our faith is growing for our area among you to be greatly enlarged so that we may proclaim the good news even to the regions beyond, not boasting about what has been accomplished in another's area, but let him who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Remember, there will be those that will stand before the judgment throne on the Lord, and he will say, get away from me, for I've never known you, you workers of iniquity. And they say, but Lord, haven't we done this and this and this and this and this in your name? It's not about boasting about what we've done. It's about boasting in the Lord, letting the Lord's... And look, you've heard me talk about this before. The world we live in today, I've used the terminology for, we're in a post-truth era. I don't care how much you preach the gospel. If the gospel is not alive in your life, the words coming out of your mouth are useless. All right? If the gospel is not alive in your life, the words coming out of your mouth are useless. The power and the authority of the Ruach HaKodesh is necessary in our lives. The light of the presence of Messiah is necessary in our lives for people to hear the gospel from our mouths. And it begins with love. 
It begins with love. It's not trying to tear people down. It's not trying to bash people. It's not blowing up abortion clinics and it's not beating up people that are, that are uh, homosexuals. It's not trying to bash our ideology or our morality down somebody else's throat. It's letting the love of God f- shine through our lives. It's letting the presence of the mantle, the Ruach HaKodesh, radiate so fervently off of our lives and our hearts that people are drawn, they're magnetized to the Lord's work in our lives. Not to us, not to our words, not to our works, but to the presence of the Lord in our lives. Yes. (laughs) I just got so much from that, I'm trying to decide where I need to go now. (laughs) Because it all segues just perfect into um, where the Lord is leading this. I do want to point out one one thing uh, specifically there in a you know for, first in Second Corinthians it talks about obedience. Second Corinthians chapter ten. You know what what punishes a spirit of disobedience? Obedience. Obedience to what? Obedience to following the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh by faith. By faith. And then back to, back, back to gifts really, really quickly. Um, you know, there are going to be predominant gifts of the Spirit that are going to be in people's lives. Um, I have uh, things, spiritual gifts that I lean towards. But you know what? If there's a time... When a thought comes in my mind about someone needing, just say, healing, and that's not a primary or dominant gift or a working of miracles in my life, if I'm willing to be obedient when the Spirit of God prompts me to do that by faith, then I can also be used for that healing. That's amazing. That's what we're talking about. There are going to be productive. People who, who say, you know, well, I only operate uh, in an apostolic sense, or I only operate in a, a prophetic sense. We're limiting God when we do that, and we just can't do that. We have to continue to be open-minded, like Rabbi was saying, to this is not just a, a concise and, and an all-inclusive list, because then we, 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 we limit God there. You limit God, He will wreck you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he will. And, and, and then we also mess up a blessing or something that God wants to do in somebody else's life. Um, so, anyway, okay, we'll move to, um, <laughs> to Ephesians chapter 4. We, we're talking about, about love, and, um, you, you know, the, the, I have seen... What Rabbi was saying were people who were mean as snakes, as I used to say, um, just become the most loving people that you've ever seen. And I never heard them speak in tongues. That's amazing to me. Okay, so uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you were called, with complete humility and gentleness, with patience putting up with one another in love, <laughs> making every effort to keep the unity of the Ruach in the bond of Shalom. See, unity in the Spirit 
is not caught. It's kept. There may be people whose personalities in, in the body that I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily drawn to. But if we have the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace and we belong to Yeshua, then we belong together. And God can use us through the power of His Ruach HaKodesh together in ministry together. There are people that I, I haven't liked their personalities. I'm like, man, if I never knew that guy outside of wherever, I'm not sure I'd even hang out with them. But you know what? The commonality, but the commonality between us was in the flesh, right? It was in the flesh. There was something in the flesh that I didn't like about that person. That was my deal. That's my issue. But when the Ruach HaKodesh comes over me and I allow Him to teach me how to be unified in the body, all of a sudden, I will love you. And that's not something that I would want to do normally. Do you understand? I'm sorry if I'm the only one who's ever felt that way, but just going to speak the truth in love. 4-4 uh, four, four of Ephesians. There's one body... And one Ruach, here we see the same thing that we just talked about. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one immersion, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, Paul is consistent in his teaching. Continuing to teach one God, one faith, one, one Ruach, one immersion. But to each one of us was... Um, but to each one of us, grace was given in keeping with the measure of Messiah's gift. Therefore, it says, when he went up on high and he led captives, he led captive a troop of captives and gave gifts to his people. Now, what does he went up mean? Except that he first went down to the lower regions of the earth. The one who came down is the same one who went up far above the heavens in order to fill all things. He redeemed us. He went to hell, got the keys of dominion from the enemy and the freedom that we had given over to him. And he brought those back. And he said, here, I am giving you the keys so that you, when you walk in the Ruach HaKodesh, you can live in dominion. You can live in health. You can live in peace. You can live in the life of the Ruach HaKodesh in freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. And that starts in here. That starts on the inside of man. There's liberty. What? To not be angry. To not be hateful. To not give in to wanting to kill somebody for telling you you're number one on the interstate. There's liberty to live by love in the Ruach HaKodesh. <laughs> 11. He gave himself some to be emissaries, some as prophets, some as proclaimers of good news, some as shepherds and teachers to equip. Why are these gifts given? Here's why they're given. To equip the Kiddoshim for the work of service. Why? 
for building up the body of Messiah. We're still talking about the Ruach. Why the Ruach was given. Why? So we can live in unity and peace and shalom together. Why? So we can build one another up. No man is an island. Yes, God has sent people to islands. I understand that. But they always came back, didn't they? They came back with a, with a revelation. Moses went to the mountain for 40 days. Jesus, Yeshua went out in the wilderness for, for, you know, for 40 days. You have to get away. But when you get away, you come back, you're full, you give. To build up the body. This will continue until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of Ben Elohim. Why? To mature adulthood, to the measure of the stature of Messiah's fullness. Wow. That's saying that we can go to the same fullness that Yeshua did. Isn't that what we've been discussing the entire time? All nine weeks. The Ruach HaKodesh is for all of us. Every one of us. It was continued, passed down from person to person. Then it was passed down. Yeshua gave it to all of us. To all of us. Every one of us. To come to a fullness. Not to continue to live as children. To a mature adulthood. To the measure of the stature of Messiah's fullness. As a result, we're no longer to be like children tossed around by the waves and blown all over by every wind of teaching, by the trickery of men and the cunning of deceitful scheming. You know, when the Ruach HaKodesh leads us into all truth and we understand the truth, then we will walk according to the truth because we've been led in the truth and we'll understand the truth. Okay, I'll move forward. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and, the, and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you're able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against worldly forces of, of this darkness, and against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist the times to resist when the times are evil, such as today. And after you have done everything to stand firm... Stand firm, then buck, stand firm then, buckle the belt of truth around your waist, put on the breastplate of righteousness, strap your feet in the readiness with the good news of, of shalom. Above all, take up the shield of faith, which, is, uh, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Ruach on every occasion with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, keep alert in the perseverance and supplication for all the Kiddoshim. And pray for me when I open my mouth, especially right now, <laughs> make known with boldness the mystery of uh, the good news. So, we see here that we have been given uh, weapons that the Ruach HaKodesh can, when, he, when we allow him to live through us, that we're able to stand. And we take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, what is the weapon of the Spirit? What did Yeshua use in Matthew chapter 4 when the enemy came to tempt him? He used the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, The Word of God is sharp. 
It's powerful. It divides the bone and marrow. It divides between soul and spirit. It's powerful. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, will guide us into all truth, and He will teach us how to use these weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal. You know, it kind of reminds me there, <clears throat> um, writing that note down so I wouldn't forget as we go on, kind of reminds me there a lot of the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. You know, as we're rebuilding Jerusalem, the temple, the walls of Jerusalem, what is it that it says they did? They were building with one hand with a sword in the other, prepared to defend what the Lord was doing, prepared to defend their own lives if necessary. But they were following the leading of the Lord. They were following the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh. I mean, think, they're rebuilding the temple and the walls of Jerusalem. Of course, the spirit to rebuild was upon them as it was on Bazalel and Holiab and, and the Torah, building the tabernacle. The spirit of God was upon them. And as they were following the lead of the spirit of God, they had their uh, full armor of God on, literally and figuratively. They had the full armor of God on with stone in one hand and sword in the other, prepared to defend and do whatever was necessary to see the will of God become a reality in their life. And to build up the wall. They have a, you know, if they have a, a stone or a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other, that's a perfect type and shadow, a perfect picture of what we are to do today as believers in Messiah. We're to have the sword of the Spirit, and we're to build up walls. I'm not talking about walls in psychology that are bad. I'm talking about building the foundation, precept upon precept, line upon line of the Word of God that is going to build up these walls and these barriers in our life uh, because the enemy's always trying to come in. He's always trying to come in. All right, quickly, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, um, verses... Uh, 6 and 7, this is written to uh, the young pastor, Timothy, uh, of the day. And um, actually, it's 1 Timothy chapter... Timothy. No, it's not. It's Second. Second Timothy. It doesn't have six chapters. It's 1, 6, and 7. <laughs> I had it written down wrong. <laughs> For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame or fan into... Flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. I don't like that last one. <laughs> and then verse 14 <laughs> or 13. Uh, Keep the standard of sound words you've heard from me in the faithfulness of love that are in Messiah Yeshua, guard the good that has been entrusted to you through the Ruach HaKodesh who dwells in you. So, we see here quickly that we have the ability also to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Sometimes we have people that we love that may not be necessarily really understanding at that particular moment and we have to stop and encourage ourselves also is there's an encouragement here for us to lay hands on one another as believers and to pray over the other there is a supernatural agreement and there is a supernatural transference that happens 
when one believer who lives in the power of the Ruach prays for another believer or unbeliever at that particular time or whatever that needs what you have because you have been equipped and given all these gifts and through love you lay your hands on them and you pray for them and they get it. They have knowledge or wisdom all of a sudden or they have healing or they have whatever they need at that time they have the encouragement we encourage ourselves we encourage others through laying on of hands and we are to continue to guard that guard the good that has been entrusted to you through the Ruach HaKodesh who dwells in us the Ruach HaKodesh who dwells in us also helps us to guard as a shield of faith when we walk in him against the evils that are trying to come in to our walls and into our cities, which is our bodies and our lives. Um, piggybacking on that before we move on, um, you know, I think it's funny if we look at this verse, how often we see the image of fire when we're dealing with the, the Ruach HaKodesh, with the Holy Spirit, right? With the presence of the Lord. Verse 6 again in, in uh, 2 Timothy 1.6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame yeah. the gift of God. To fan into flame. Imagine you're kindling a fire, it starts to ignite, you start to fan. You're trying to build that flame, right? It's an all-consuming fire. You fan that flame before long, that's exactly what it is. It is an all-consuming fire. Uh, and so the, the Lord says to fan, or Paul says, uh, by the leading of the Lord, says to fan the flame uh, of the gift of God, to fan the Ruach HaKodesh in your life. How do you do that? It's through, uh, well, it goes on to say it, but through power, love, and self-discipline. Discipline. How do you do that? That self-discipline, what is it? It's time in the Word. It's time in prayer. It's time fellowshipping with the Lord. It's time in community and communing with one another in the presence of the Lord. It's time just sitting back and shutting up and letting the Spirit of the Lord move. Then he goes on to say, which is in you through the laying on of my my hands. Again, relating back to what we talked about last week with the predominant evidence in the Brecha Desha, the New Covenant writing of the inference or the, the, the transference rather of the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh from a laying on of hands. Now there is the miraculous Acts 2 outpouring, uh, uh, Acts 10 outpouring concept as well, but predominantly in scripture what we see is a literal laying on of hands for the transference of the power in the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh. It's this literal example of that mantle moving and so we see Paul mentioning it again there in 2 Timothy. Now let's go on to Hebrews chapter 12. Um, again, we focus primarily in this particular evening on uh, dealing with the Pauline letters, but it would be remiss of us if we did not uh, touch on Hebrews, which something Paul wrote, uh, those that recall from our Hebrew study, I don't, but something that Paul wrote uh, because of the way some things are worded. But I want to, we would be remiss if we did not hit on the importance and value of this passage. So uh, Hebrews 12, chapter 18. For you have not come to a mountain that cannot be touched, or to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and storm, and the blast of the sound of the shofar. And a voice whose words made those who heard it beg that not another word be spoken to them. In other words, you have not come to Mount Sinai with the heart of Israel timid and afraid of the presence of the Lord. He says, for they could not bear, they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. So terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am quaking with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, 
the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels and joyous gathering into the assembly of the firstborn who are written in a scroll in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous ones made perfect and Yeshua, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks of something better than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse the one who is speaking for if they did not escape when they refused the one who was warning them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns us from heaven. For his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now this phrase, yet once more, shows the removal of those things that are shaken, that is, created things, so that, that what cannot be shaken remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Through this we may offer worship in a manner pleasing to God with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I want you to understand something. When we brought sacrifices to the temple and to the tabernacle, there was reverence, there was awe. I mean, think about it. The nation of Israel saw the presence of the Lord descend on the mountain. They saw the flame of the presence of the Lord come out and consume Aaron's two sons. They saw the, in this week's Parsha, in Parsha Zav, we see the fire of the Lord descend upon the altar. There was a divine ignition of this fire that is all-consuming that landed on the altar and the entire nation saw it and were awestruck. They were reverent in the reality of the presence of the Lord. They saw the same fire upon Mount Sinai. Moses saw it upon the burning bush on Mount Sinai in Jerusalem, on Mount uh, Zion in Jerusalem where the the temple stands on the Temple Mount. In Acts chapter 2, they saw the same exact all-consuming fire on the heads of the believers filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. We have not come to a mountain where we are to be timid and afraid, but rather we are at Mount Zion. We are in the very presence of the Lord. We are in the holy place and we have all authority by the, the, the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh to boldly enter into his throne room, to boldly experience him. We are to, the, and it's through this, as he says here in, in verse tw- uh, 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Through this, we offer worship in a manner pleasing to God with reverence and awe. And it brings my mind back to Paul talking about it is our uh, living sacrifice of worship before the Lord. And he goes on to say, for God... Our God is a consuming fire. I don't know about you guys, but there's something to that that concept, that idea of an all-consuming fire of the presence of the Lord. You know, we get this this mentality uh, developed uh, over 1,700, 1,900 years of the body of Messiah and us trying to to pick apart the scriptures and pick apart what other people say that we don't like and make it fit into what we want it. And we make this nice conglomeracy of whatever we want the word of God to say to make our lives easier or to make our lives perceivably better or whatever else, rather than just digging into the word of the Lord and seeing what it says for itself and living it out fervently and allowing the presence of the Lord to move in our lives in such a way that people see it and are magnetized and drawn to it and want it. See, I've been in environments. I've been in these environments where if if you don't speak in tongues, you're not really saved. If you don't prophesy, you're not really saved. If people aren't being healed by you, you're not really saved. And that's not where the word of God says. It gets even more complicated when, when we do see the Lord do things like healing and we see people get up and walk and then you go to pray for the next person and they don't get healed. Things get even more complicated because then we got to come to terms with, well, was it a gift of healing that was on us? Well, of course it was because the Lord healed this person. So what happened over here? Oh, the Lord never says he's going to heal everybody. You know why? Because he also tells us we're going to die. 
We're going to die because we chose sin. Just because we've been redeemed doesn't mean it eliminates the reality of the actions that we chose to walk in and the consequences that go along with them. But what it does mean is that through that redemption, we have eternal life. And so there may be somebody we pray for that doesn't get healed. And we have to rejoice just the same. Because it's not what we want, it's what the Lord wants. It's for His glory, it's for His kingdom. Who are we to say that the Lord doesn't want to take that person home? Who are we to say that the Lord doesn't have something better for them when they're not suffering? When they're not in pain? When they're not getting stabbed with needles day in and day out? The word of the Lord says His presence is an all-consuming fire. If we look throughout the history, and we go back and listen to the podcast from these, as we've looked through the, the, the scriptures at the Tanakh and the, the power of the Ruach HaKodesh at the Bruch HaDashah and the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, as we look through all of this, what we see is that everyone that is encompassed with the power, the mantle, the presence of the Ruach HaKodesh, it entirely overtakes them. It consumes their being. Look at Elijah and Elisha. Look at David. Look at Jeremiah. Look at Isaiah. It consumes their being. Look at Peter. Look at Paul. Look at how the Spirit of God moved on Stephen. He wasn't even afraid of death. They were, he was staring the guys who were going to stone him in the eyes. And he still shared the truth and the power of the gospel of the Lord. It's all-consuming. Look, there may come times in our lives where, as, as Lynn said, we may be gifted with a, a, a manifestation of the Ruach for this purpose. And it may be the gift of tongues. And then maybe the gift of interpretation or maybe words of wisdom. There are gifts that the Lord places. Like We, we seem to get sometimes the idea that uh, because there's terminology and theology like gifts of the Spirit and the offices of the Spirit, uh, you know, the, 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 the ministries of the Spirit, the teacher and evangelist and da-da-da, we seem to, to get this all conjumbled together that, that one can't be both, right? I am... By gifting, by the leading of the Lord, I am a teacher, right? That's just all there is to it. I am a teacher. That is what the Lord has placed me on this earth to do. And I give it my all to follow his leading. I'm going to give it my all to do what I want. I give it my all to follow his leading when he speaks and pray that he speaks through me. And there are times where he's used me to put healing on people's lives. There are times where he's used me to speak words of wisdom and knowledge into people's lives. There are times where he's used me just to be there so somebody wasn't completely consumed by darkness. Just to sit there and to suffer with them. There are times when the Lord used me to smack somebody against the back of the head, figuratively, maybe, um, to smack somebody against the back of the head to wake them up to the stupidity of the way we think and we act and we do things when we want to blame God because something doesn't go the way we want. Do you ever think about maybe you were outside of the will of the Lord in the first place? I still have a knot on the back of my head. <laughs> in wrapping this up this evening, we, uh, uh, I'm surprised we made it through it. As we got about halfway through, I started going, man, we bit off way too much trying to put all of this in one week. Um, but in wrapping all of this up, I just want to bring back home, uh, as we close out this final session, I want to bring back home how we began. And we began, as Lynn uh, graciously covered at the, the beginning of the session, we began uh, uh, a Ruach encounter looking at, at creation, looking at Genesis, and looking at the fact that God gave Adam and Eve humanity, mankind dominion and power and authority over things of this world, right? We know scripturally death 
despair, sickness, anger, uh, oppression. Uh, all of these things are things of this world. They're things that the enemy has brought in. They're not things of heaven. God's got dominion over things of heaven. He's got everything under control up there, right? And it should be your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so our purpose is to align heaven and earth. Our purpose is to be willing to be submitted to him so that heaven and earth are aligned. And so it's important that we realize that when we are infilled, when we are empowered with the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh, when it is upon us, as I pray it is upon each and every one of us tonight that are listening to this message, as we are empowered with the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh, it is for dominion and a power and authority over things of this world to be restored. That the dunamis power of the Lord, this, this overwhelming force of nature that is the divine power of the Lord, that flows through his Ruach HaKodesh, will come through our lives, will unite with others who are empowered by the Spirit of God to better this world. And I don't mean let's leave it better for, uh, than those, uh, for those that come behind us than we found it kind of a thing. This isn't a go and pick up bottles out the river kind of a thing. I mean, you're welcome to if you want to. It's not that kind of a message. But we're here to improve this world. And if we're not adding to the improvement, that only leaves one option. We're crapping all over it like everyone else. And we're wasting the presence of the Spirit of God, the mantle of the Spirit of God that is in our lives. See, I've spent most of my life, and most of my life, I mean, I became a believer when I was seven, so most of my life has been in, uh, in, in the body of Messiah. And I've spent most of my life just watching, watching people. Um, I, I've seen people that want to put on a show because everybody else is, 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 as they perceive, moved in the Spirit. You know, when you're moved in the Spirit, you know. You have to put on a show. And I'm telling you, I don't think that what we see in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, I, I don't believe that that's a concise list. Because I know people, and, and I'm one of them. Like for me, when the Spirit of God's moving, nine times out of ten, my mouth is shut. I am solemn. I am just overcome by the presence of the Lord. Which is a miracle. <laughs> I'm just overcome. Your timing is off. I should have said, been when I said my mouth was shut. But, uh, but I'm overcome with the presence of the Lord. And, and there's just there's nothing you can do but just bow before His glory. Right. And I know others that when the Spirit of God moves, speaking in tongues is what happens. We didn't go into great detail on this, but I also want to remind that there's two different types of tongues that we read about in Scripture. One is for personal edification. It's between us and God, what people like to call the love language or whatever else. And, and that's not meant for everyone to hear. It's meant for you. The Lord's saying something to you. If it's for everyone to hear, it will have interpretation. And if it doesn't have interpretation, you are outside the will of God. And how do we know which is which? Simple. We submit to the will of the Lord. That's as simple as that. I truly believe if we are wholeheartedly submitted to the will of the Lord, we will not be outside the will of the Lord. And just as the Torah tells us, how will we know if someone is a prophet? Well, if it comes true, it was a prophecy from the Lord. And if it doesn't, it wasn't, right? But how do we know if it's the will of the Lord, if it's the Spirit of the Lord moving? Well, if it is in the order of what the Scripture gives us of how His Spirit moves, it's the Spirit of the Lord. If it's outside of that order, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. I've never known you. But haven't we done this, 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 and this in your name? You did it all outside of my will, though. There's a lot of good things that have happened. 
for the wrong reasons. It's important that we understand as believers, as those empowered by the Ruach HaKodesh, that it is our job, our duty to wholly submit our lives to the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh, that every thought, every word, every action that comes forth from us is solely led by the will of the Lord. And that's when we know that the Ruach HaKodesh is moving. I truly believe we are in the latter day reigns time. I truly believe we are in the latter outpouring and we will see it. I truly believe that it will come forth from the Messianic Jewish movement and impact the body of Messiah as a whole. Why do I believe that? Because the word says that it will return to those that initially started with the Jewish people. And that is exactly what happens in a Messianic synagogue. I truly believe we are a part of this massive end-time revival. And again, I want to point out there's only ever been one revival, and we're either in it or not, right? But I truly believe that we are part of this end-time revival, and it's important that if we are going to be effective with what God wants to do in our lives and our community and our congregations and the cities that He has us in, it's of the utmost importance that we look through His Scriptures and we see the patterns and the order that His Ruach HaKodesh moves and that we live our lives wholly submitted to His will and that order so that the light can overcome the darkness, so that good can overcome evil, so that the greatest gift of the Spirit, which is love, can permeate our very being and impact the lives of the, those in the world around us every single day, every moment that we breathe, because the breath that is in our lungs, as the song we've been using a lot in service says, it is the breath of God. It is your breath in my lungs. It is your breath in my lungs. It is your breath in my lungs. And I pray that each and every one of us and everyone hearing this message understands that the breath that is in our lives, the breath that is in our lungs is not ours to waste. We're wasting His breath. And it's important that we get in line with His Ruach HaKodesh so that His breath is used to its fullest in our lives and in the lives of those that we come into contact with every single day. Amen. Avarachamim, Father of mercies, we worship You, we love You. And we adore You, Father, we are awestruck and dumbfounded at the fact that you choose a motley crew such as humanity used for your purposes. But Father, I just pray right now that the mantle of your Ruach HaKodesh will completely overcome and consume us, Lord. Completely overcome and consume us. Let your Ruach HaKodesh breathe. Let your Ruach HaKodesh breathe upon us, Lord. Pour out your might and your mercy in our hearts and our lives. Draw us into the very deepest parts of the Holy of Holies. Awaken within us that divine fire that cannot be extinguished, the divine fire that completely consumes. Father, awaken within us a burden to walk in your ways and to, to touch the lives of those that we come into contact with, not for our sake or our purposes, but for your kingdom, God. For your kingdom, Lord, that all might come to know the truth and the glory of your salvation and the available power of the Ruach HaKodesh in their lives. For your kingdom, for your power, for your glory. B'Shem Yeshua Meshachinu, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. Everyone says, Amen.